Hello, friends. Welcome to episode 1251 of the Lots on Hawks podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, coming to you on a Thursday night into Friday. I thank you for joining us, as always, on the podcast. And make us your first listen each and every day. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, among other places in the podcast space. And I'm joined today for a two-part episode with my friend Ben Pfeiffer. Ben's been on the show for four or five years in a row talking about the NBA draft. He is an NBA draft expert, dives into the NBA draft as well as anybody, and that's a lot of fun to talk to, talk to Ben for a number of uh, minutes and hours here. That's why it's being, become a sort of a two-part episode. But um, this is part one you're about to watch slash listen to. We cover all kinds of stuff on the NBA draft and uh, certainly would recommend checking out Ben's work in the NBA draft space, whether, whether it's podcasts or writing, etc., also, I want to go ahead and plug recent podcast episodes. I've been joined recently by Kevin Chenard of Hawks.com, Glenn Willis, Peachtree Hoops, Ricky O'Donnell joined me on the last show about, uh, about the NBA draft from SB Nation. Ricky is very smart as well. And uh, please, please, please subscribe to this podcast. Check us out across platforms. I really, really appreciate all the support, ratings, reviews. Check us out on Twitter as well, at LockedOnHawks. So follow me if you want to, at BT Roland. But all that said, we'll get to uh, the intro here, and then we'll have part one with myself and Ben Pfeiffer on the NBA draft. You are Locked On Hawks, your daily Atlanta Hawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am joined now by a friend of the podcast, a multiple years running guest about the NBA draft. Ben Pfeiffer is back. Hello, Ben. How are you? I'm doing well, Brad. I woke up very recently. I think this is like I think this is four years in a row. Yeah, it's something like that. We've been talking for a long time. I I, I appreciate it all the time. Yeah, I think you. I'm pretty sure you might have come on twice during the uh, 2020 cycle too, because the oh, uh, that, mean, that was the unending like, cycle. So that was like two drafts in, you know. So it really was. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, we're. It's a weird time in the draft when we're talking now. There's still, you know, you know, three, four weeks before the draft actually comes. And uh, the intel cycle hasn't quite ramped up just yet. We've got a little bit of that coming out of the combine. But the, uh, the full-fledged madness of rumors and who's going where hasn't really hit you as we're talking. But, um, you know, that stuff's always interesting. But it's also kind of this year in particular for me anyway. This is kind of a uh, – I, I have the beholder draft overall. I was going to ask you, like, what you think about the class overall. We can sort of dive in beyond that. But uh, do you think this is a pretty interesting class? Are you bored by it? Like, where, where's your brain at with this uh, with this class? Uh, it's not my favorite class. Um, I, I definitely have warmed on the top a little bit. Um, I, I've always been pretty high on Chet and Paolo. Um, and I'm kind of warming on some of the other guys at the top. But otherwise, like, I, I don't think it's a very deep class. Um, like, the talent from, like, 5 to, like, 20 is pretty below average to me. Um, even, like, the talent in the top four wall, you know, to me is pretty good. It's also probably below average. Um, no, no, no. Not the best class, I think. But, um, you know, so, certainly some some quality talent. Um, and some some good players that we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that's a, a good way to kind of get into it a little bit, just because, you know, there is that consensus top three or four for the most part. Um, not all, not everybody's top three or four, but most people have those guys up in that range, Chet, Paolo, uh, Jabari, and Jaden Ivey in some order. Um, I, I, we're definitely going to get to those guys. I'm going to throw you, I'm gonna throw a curveball because I know you can actually handle it. Um, and most people are only talking about those guys. We're going to come back to those guys later on, but um, I'm going to, I'm going to turn it around for 
variability purposes. Uh, yeah. Do you do you have do you have any favorite deep sleepers? I want we'll, we'll just get weird right away. Do you have any favorite like second round or late first round guys that you uh, that you seem to be like higher than everybody else? I, I feel like we always do this first. Um, That's fine. It's maybe because it's maybe because I I know you can do it, and it's one of those things <laughs> where uh, not that uh, you know most most people pay attention to the first round. That's what. I understand. I, mm-hmm. I am kind of the same way at this point now that, uh, especially now that the Hawks are not in the lottery anymore. I just have generally less time to go crazy about the draft. So when I have to use my resources, I focus on guys I need to focus on. Uh, and people like yourself that actually have covered the draft and then dive in, into the draft deeply. I can uh, sort of trust to <laughs> dive into the draft deeply. Yes. Um, deepish sleepers. I'm a big fan of Orlando Robinson. Um, Fresno state big. Yeah. Um, he is just like enormous and very skilled and moves well. Um, like you don't find like guys who are like, I, I'm pretty sure he's like true seven foot size. Um, who can like really dribble, um, and make some complex passes and shoot a little bit and like really moves well in like straight one-on-one situations. He has like a lot of issues with like his athleticism and like some of the feel stuff. And he's certainly like not perfect, but like, as like a late round flyer, um, like a second round flyer, he's certainly one of my favorite guys. Um, David Roddy as well. Um, a favorite who, of mine as well. I, I enjoy David Roddy's work what's, uh, quite a bit. I love David Roddy, who seems to be like lower on like boards and things than I expected. Um, I think like the perception was that like he had like a bad combine, but like I don't really think that's. I, I don't know. I thought he was fine. I mean, um, he, he also weighs, uh, he was listed, uh, weighted at 261 at 6'6 six, six in shoes. So that's, yeah, a, he's, he's a very large individual. Yeah, he's got the, <laughs> th- he's got the THT body without the arms. <laughs> yeah, six, I mean, he's not, he's not even that, uh, he actually, he actually has, has long arms, just not quite as THT. I think he was like 6'11 yeah. wingspan. Like he's got, sure. he's got I mean, no like, wings, it's, it's, you know, not freakish. Yeah. Arms. But I, I actually, actually, Jalen Williams kind of does, but. Oh, um, yeah. Who um, I'll talk about later at some point, I'm sure. But. Um, Roddy is like actually very good. Um, I remember like when I first like was getting into like watching Roddy, I was like, oh, he's like this like big six five college four. I was like, no way, he's actually gonna be good. Um, and then he's like actually really explosive, um, and can score in a variety of ways. Um, can use his handle, can use his strength, which you know he's gonna have to rely on. Um, can you know shoot off the dribble a little bit. Um, can pull from the mid range, can pass out of the post, can pass out of the pick and roll. Is really smart on defense. So I'm like, this guy's actually really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like a mismatch hunting, like wing four. Like I really like him um, as like a late first kind of guy. Um, but I think he, you know, he might go later, which would be really nice for for a team to snag as well. Yeah, I mean, even the Hawks, uh, Hawks at 44 in the second round, like normally, you know, the conventional wisdom is like, you know, 45 is kind of the drop off point. It's not always that way, but it's that's around where it usually is. And the Hawks are right at the yeah, end of that range. Generally, so what like what people say. Yeah, I mean, do you think that's the case in this draft? For me, it feels it feels flatter than usual to me. Like, I, you know, people, people that I guys that I see on boards like in the 60s and some of these like prominent, you know, mainstream people. I think are kind of the same as guys in the late thirties in a lot of ways, but maybe that, maybe that's just my, I have the, I have the be older thing. Like, do you think there's an actual drop off in that spot like normal, or is it a little bit deeper or not? Or, I, honestly, or less like, <laughs> I think there's maybe, I mean, like I also like, like don't only really watch like 179 million sure. guys like I used to. Um, but like, I, I mean, probably at some, probably, I mean, I think this draft is generally kind of flat outside of like the, yeah. the top. Like Me I have too. a hard time. I have a pretty hard time separating 
like after like you know the the best guys like kind of have a hard time separating a lot of the a lot of the players um i think like generally speaking like the difference between like 30 and you know 60 is not as extreme as as it maybe is made out to be I mean, even in this draft, maybe even higher than 30, like the, like, you know, I've, I've been fond of saying recently, you know, the Hawks pick at 16 and they probably have like 20 guys they can draft at 16. They wouldn't oh, like yeah. stun me. You know, it's like one of those, it's not, it's not a class where you can say people keep asking me like, who are the two guys, the Hawks? I'm like, I, I'm like, I yeah, don't know what they're going to do. I mean, yeah, like 14. <laughs> yeah. There's so many, uh, especially when you factor in guys that might fall because, you know, like everybody else every year there's a guy or two that's mocked in the top 10 or 10 or 11 that falls to 18 19 like it usually just you know, last year was jalen johnson fell to 20 like un- unexpectedly fell to the hawks so um yeah Sharif, yeah and sharif even, i mean arguably even further from where he was projected um down to where yeah. the hawks got him i mean you talked about a couple of guys there 44 i feel like is a decently valuable pick generally and the hawks have that spot like, there are some guys that i would like dream on in that spot that probably are going to be gone like I mentioned on a previous podcast, um, the Arkansas Jalen Williams is a guy I might like at 44 for the Hawks. Oh, um, I love him. If he were to I get there, him. I don't know if he will, but he might. That's, that's the kind of guy I'm looking for. In that I range, could I see it, honestly. I don't um, – uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure how much um, like buzz he's gotten or how much teams like him. Um, that would certainly be very cool at 44. I'd like that. Do you, uh, this is more of just for me. Do, do you actually, do you think much of Musa Diabate? I, this is a Michigan, Michigan question. That's why I'm asking it. But I, um, not really. Body fat champion, Musa Diabate, like 2% yeah, body like fat or something. Physically impossible, like 2% <laughs> body fat would like be in the hospital if he actually was that level. Yeah, it's insane. Um, don't I don't believe, understand body fat stuff. Don't it's, believe it's the body fat propaganda. None of it's real. You're beautiful the way you are. <laughs> yeah, Musa Diabate and David, David Roddy play the same position in a lot of ways, which is just all you need to know about basketball. So, um, I like. Different. I think Musa is like an interesting, like kind of like, like I, I'd be okay with him as like a second round flyer. He yeah. certainly like is is an interesting mover. Um, and I was kind of impressed with his passing at times, especially like at, like the combine scrimmage he passed well. Um, I didn't feel I didn't really watch ton of Michigan this year, um, because I felt like there wasn't like a you didn't miss much. For. Yeah. Um. But like I don't know, I don't have like a super strong take on on Diabate. Um, but like okay. I, I, I don't know. He seems all right. We'll have more on the draft in just one second. But first, a word from our friends at RockAuto.com. The auto world right now has so many makes and models. It's actually impossible for the local chain store dealership to have all the parts that you want for your car or your truck. Really, even the parts that you need for your car or your truck. And even if they had them, you just want to deal with the people behind the counter at those stores. They want to sell you what they want to sell you, no, no matter what you actually need. They want to say what's in their warehouse, what's better for them. Instead, do what's better for you and check out rockauto.com right now in your pockets or on the go anywhere that you want to, mobily or on your computer, etc. It's a much, much better option than anything else you could do in person. And why spend more for the exact same auto parts from a store or a dealership when you actually get the same exact parts for cheaper at rockauto.com? It's a family business. They've been circling for more than two decades at this point in time, and the prices at rockauto.com are reliably low and always the same for each and every customer. They have all of the stuff that you possibly could want for your car. That includes brake parts and tail lamps, motor oil, even carpet. And rockauto.com is all the all the stuff that they, that you possibly need in one place. One more time, it's rockauto.com. And when you get there, right, locked on, and they, how did you hear about us, Fox? So they know that we sent you to them. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I want to pivot a little bit and ask you and ask you about your philosophy. Like, I, I kind of know it from talking to you in the past. I know we have new listeners, and it's been a long time since we talked. Like, just generally, you know, top of the board, middle of the board, whatever, 
what are you evaluating? What are you looking for? Like, what do you value? Um, are you a ceiling guy? Like, what's your general kind of draft ethos when you kind of evaluate guys, especially with the, with the, with the way the game is actually kind of moving now? Yeah, I definitely am one to value like ceiling over basically all. Um, I mean, there, there, there are situations where that is not true. Um, but I think I certainly value upside more than me. Like I'm more than median. I, I saw like a, someone made like a four quadrant chart that was like upside BPA. Um, and then two other things I don't actually remember, but like <laughs> I, I would be all the way at the top of the upside for sure. Um, I, I, I think advantage creation is like the most important trait, um, that like I value, um, for players who are like that. Um, obviously like guys who are like, like Jalen Duran or like something like that. I'm not really looking for advantage creation, um, advantage creation, like general feel and awareness. Like it, it, it's a hard thing to describe in like a short amount of time, but like, sure. Like, can you, like, can you play the game? Like, do you have like good awareness and like processing and the spatial, you know, spatial awareness and stuff like that on both ends? Um, and then you have functional application of physical tools um not only you know do you have good tools because you know having having athleticism and tools and strength really matters but do you have the tools and the capacity to apply them in a way uh that actually that actually like matters um it's so like the classic example of this is like wise is like like james wiseman who is like enormous and giant but because of his like lack of lack of skill generally um, and maybe his other athletic deficiencies like his hips and his fluidity, not his fluidity, like his like his um, ability to like change directions in space. Like there were questions about if he could actually like use those tools. Um, right. So those, those are like the big things I look for. Um, I'm always taking best player available, basically. I'm always shooting for for basically upside. Uh, obviously, like there's more nuance to that. Well, you should. Sure. <laughs> yeah, there's always sure. more nuance that's yeah. involved. Uh, no, I just wanted to at least get set the stage a little bit for for that before we talk, start talking about guys in the first round because you know, it uh, there's there's definitely some varying schools of thought, especially in the class that we just talked about being is pretty flat across the board. I'm not sure how much you're paying attention to like the mainstream, you know, ESPN athletic kind of uh, boards at this point in time. Uh, but I wonder if there's anybody that you have seen that's like routinely outside the top 20 that you think should be higher that you, that, you know, sort of, as we sort of uh, uh, lean toward the Hawks direction at 16, like as an example, uh, guys like Marjan Beauchamp or Jaden Hardy, or you mentioned Jalen Williams, but Jalen Williams before is a guy who's rising or Blake Wesley guys are usually like not in that 15 to, you know, 10 to 15 range, but any, anybody that you like in that range that might just surprise people that you would consider uh, as high as 16. Yeah, I mean Jalen and Blake Wesley are both two guys who fit that bill for me. Um, like the the other Jalen, uh, Santa Clara Jalen Williams. There's too many Jalen. There are Williams. too many Jalen Williams. Yes. Yeah, there's like there's like three of them, which is it's like if I had a nickel for every Jalen Williams, I'd have three nickels. Yeah, I did. I did a show uh, with somebody. It's actually not my pocket. I did. A, I was a guest. And I realized I talked about Jalen Williams like four times and I talked about different Jalen Williams and didn't differentiate between the two of them at all. And I was like, I wonder if they knew who I was talking about afterwards. I was like, I don't know if they realized who I was talking about. <laughs> it was just one of those things. Yeah. Anyway. Like Santa Clara, Jalen Williams, um, like a six, six, like off combo, combo wing. Um, 
true. Like, I think it would be really cool in Atlanta, actually. I actually did, like, a, like I went on a, I was, like, bored and posted a mock. I think I gave them Jalen Williams a 16, honestly. Um, 7-2 wingspan, by the way, at 6-5 yeah, and 3 He has the THT body. That's what I was talking about earlier. Yeah. yeah. Like, he is, like, a very impressive passer for a guy of his size. Can really, like, score off the dribble. It's a nice touch. Can, can shoot pull-ups. Can work in the pick and roll. Um, like the length on defense is good. Like there are like athletic questions and like um, issues with like his ability to create separation off the dribble. Um, but like when you're playing like with with Trey Young, like you don't really need to be able to do that. Um, at least like not that much. But and I think Jalen could also be a guy who like runs the second unit, assuming he works um, as a guy who can really really run pick and rolls. Um, I like his versatility as kind of like a Bruce Brownie type roller screener dunker spot combo winning as well um so he's done some of that this year and like he has the tools for it and the skills for it and the iq for it so i, I like jalen williams a lot and like it wouldn't surprise me to see him go like in the top 20 just because of like the way he's been rising um, he's definitely and, rising there's a lot of buzz uh, there and like i don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if he went in the top 20 um and blake wesley yeah i really like blake wesley he is like your again like this is like my prioritization of upside. i haven't like re- kind of disgustingly high I think on my board, but um, how high is that? Just for just for reference, I think I have him in like the top twelve or something. Yeah, I, I actually um, was looking at him a little bit more recently. I'll let you talk about him more, but like it was striking me when we were talking. I was talking to somebody offline, and it was like, you know, I think he's not necessarily close. I think he might have he's a little bit rawer than you would want, but like if it actually worked with Blake Wesley, he kind of checks like all the boxes the Hawks are looking for, especially with like a you know creation ability um defense etc like and for where he's being mocked you don't often see the guy who like could do all of those things at the same time it's kind of a rare thing to be falling for him which is perhaps why you have him higher i guess oh yeah sense. like there are like a lot of issues you know blake wesley has a lot of improvement areas um like the shot is is currently inconsistent and the finishing is is, is problematic and the passing is inconsistent but man like that guy is big and can really create advantages like he is so bursty can get into the paint uh, can really use his agility and his handle to get to his spots. It's like always in the paint. He's always getting to his spots. Um, and like if you can nurture that and cultivate that, um, and you know, I, I don't think like the improvements are that insane. Like I, I think the finishing is the biggest thing where like he just really lacks lift, and that's probably can always be kind of an issue. Like I think the shot is like in a good spot for a guy of his age. Like the intermediate game is in a good spot for a guy of his age. Um, like you said, like the defense, like you know, at, at the moment is, is problematic, but that's the case for most like college freshmen and the flashes are nice. Um, he's like very long and, and kind of strong for a guy of his size. So I'm a huge fan of Blake. Like he might not be great. He might not be an NBA player, but if he hits, he's going to be really valuable. Um, as like, we continue to see like, you know, every, every playoffs, like how valuable having creation and consistent, like offensive firepower is. Um, I think Blake Wesley is like one of the better creator swings um, in the draft, and you're probably gonna be able to get him in the 20s. Same with similar with with, with Turk Smith, um, the NC State guy, yeah, who is just like seems to be a, a potential nuclear shooter. Um, like just shot a ridiculous amount of threes this year, um, like Steph and Trey level volume, uh, which is pretty crazy, and like has has real burst. Um, you know, can make a couple simple pick and roll passes. Um, just another one who like has a long way to go in terms of process and like how they're actually playing the game, but like could be really, really good if their shot hits. 
Yeah, I have not um, actually talked about him really at all on the show, but you know, he's in the, he's he's a riser in the range now where it wouldn't stun me if you went in the Hawks range. Uh, I don't know how you feel about the fit with Trey because like, you know, like you said, he's his, his claim to fame right now is as a perimeter shooter. He can get all, he can be a little, he can drive a little bit, but not a great finisher right now. What I saw. Yeah. Um, so like the Hawks are looking for guys who can get downhill a little bit more, but maybe if they were just looking at a you know pure shot, shot creation. Yeah. I mean, it's not, I mean, it, I mean, it wouldn't be my ideal choice. Yeah. Honestly, I, I think I'd probably rather have his teammate, Darion Sebron, who I have, that's like maybe like, my like biggest difference in like not only mainstream but also like draft Twitter consensus is like I love that guy. Um, he <laughs> He's is, your guy. Yeah, he he is one of my guys. Um, like he, he again, he like he is like I think ultimately reflective of my philosophy, um, especially for this draft. Like that he is like a, he is like a non-shooter at this point. He is a non-defender at this point, and he doesn't finish. Um, and the passing is like inconsistent, but his ability to create advantages and get to the rim is very special. Um, he has like f- for context, he has more rim attempts um, than than Zion did his his freshman year at Duke. Um, Seems pretty good. Yes, which which means he has more than anyone ever, or at least in the <laughs> last you know fifteen ish years that might you know, but the Bart database goes back. Um, like he is not a perfect driver, but he is so explosive um, off of the first step and even the second steps. His change of direction is so impressive. And, and like, it, it's another situation where like, he's, like, more than likely to probably not be an NBA player. Um, but, like, if he's able to be nurtured and cultivated in the right environment, and I'm not sure Atlanta is the right spot for this. Yeah. Um, but, like, because, like, he's going to need a lot of work um, and a lot of G League time. Um, I could see him being, like, a really valuable, like, off-guard slasher advantage creator um, who's just, like, impossible to stop and stay in front of um again uh, like a lot of hurdles to overcome but like the high-end traits like i think of so like um i am a, a colts fan and they do this wonderful um thing where they like go inside like the draft war room and like kind of like show you like what their process is um it's very cool I, i'd recommend any like anyone who's a fan of like the draft you know, football or not to go watch it and the their gm chris ballard says like to he, he, he always says, uh, he always says, look for high end traits. And he always says, look for what they can do. And I try to, and I, I try to, I, I try to keep that in mind when I'm watching for basketball. Cause I think it matters. And like the, the high end traits are very real. So that, that, that was, that was a long ramble, but Darian Zebron is undervalued. So. We'll have more on the NBA draft momentarily, but first, they work from our friends at Bet Online. And Bet Online is the number one source for everything that you want in the betting space, including sports information. They have poker, they have the casino online, et cetera, et cetera. And you can follow all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, and all that kind of stuff, fights, even next season's NFL futures, college football futures, college basketball futures across the board. Futures bets are always open at Bet Online. And they have the continued sources for all of the wagering information that you want. They have live betting, they have esports, and much more. And they have all the sports that you want. And that includes, of course, as a small offering of what they have, golf, tennis, auto racing, horse racing. They have soccer, cricket, entertainment bets, any sport you can think of. And again, in addition to the poker, casino games, and more. Head to BetOnline right now today or your computer and mobile device to learn more about all the trends and the action across the sports world. BetOnline, where the game starts. A couple of guys that I've not talked about really at all, so I'm, I'm perfectly teeing, teeing them up for you. Um, they're kind of different players, but you know, kind of in the Hawks range. Uh, one is Bryce McGowan's from nebraska and the other one is uzman jang who seems to be like getting lottery buzz now 
do you have takes on either one of those guys? Because honestly, I don't. I, I really don't at this point. And those are two guys I have to. I still have to watch more of because I just find myself looking through boards and things. I'm like, okay, those guys are in the Hawks range, and they're kind of you know they're wingy, and it's like maybe the Hawks could draft these guys. And I have to learn about them a little bit in, in, in the coming days. Yeah, I'm not a huge McGowan's fan. Um, I like him more as like an early second kind of flyer because like he he is like very large and has extremely impressive scoring craft. Um, like he, his footwork, his craft finishes, his kind of intermediate scoring versatility, his shot seems to be pretty good. Like he's very, very good. I perceive him as a pretty difficult, like a pretty bad athlete and, and handler and passer. And to be like, he was like people like will make the, the correct point. Like he was like very overextended this year at Nebraska. Like he should not have been carrying the usage that he was. And, and that's Nebraska for you. Yes. You go that you go there as a top, as a top tier prospect. And uh, that's going to be what happens to you basically. Yeah. He gets the Thibodeau treatment. Yeah. Um, but like he, like there are like a lot of limitations to me, like in terms of his athleticism and his feel like that make him work as like a primary as, as like a real scorer. Because, like, that's kind of, like, the way you get the most value out of McGowan is, like, you get him the ball in his hands um, and you just, like, let him drive and let him work in, like, the mid-post. Um, I feel like that's, like, not ideal for Atlanta um, when, like, that's kind of, like, not how they really like to play offense, especially, like, with Trey. And, like, I don't think he's someone you want, like, feeding possessions when Trey's not on the floor. Yeah. Um, at least, like, early in his career. I mean, maybe he develops into that guy, but unlikely. Or I mean, unlikely at least early. So, mm-hmm. not my favorite player in the world. Um, Jang is someone who like I am like just getting to watch. Like he's like the last like main guy I'm watching, and I certainly am am a fan of his. Um, I think he would be a good pick at 16 for sure. Um, yeah, he might, he might be gone at this point. Like, there's a I'm yeah, seeing him in like I, the 10. It to seems like he will be now. at this point. Yeah, yeah, like, which is okay. I I have been in on like all of the giant NBL passers in the last couple <laughs> years, so yes, that's true. <laughs> Seems like nothing is changing. He's 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 quite good. Um, improved a lot as the season went on. I think the thing with him is like his handle is really impressive. Um, like I I'm sure he's gonna like get plenty of giddy comps for like obvious reasons. Um, but I think they're like pretty different players. Like his handle is 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 magnificent for a guy of his size. Just the way he's fluid and agile and able to change directions and set up his intermediate scoring, which is the big issue. Like, how is he going to score? Um, there is like some flashes of like floater work and like off dribble threes and stuff, but all of his scoring is like very, very inconsistent and flash based at this point. Um, like he he doesn't do it with regularity at all. It's kind of a struggle with his lack of athletic tools. Um, but like he can really he can really dribble and he can really pass like. I don't think he's like an elite passer or anything, but he has like a lot of complex reads in his bag um, and, and can make some really impressive plays with his size. Um, and then defensively, he's like quite good, tries hard, is like long as shit, um, can really move uh, for a guy of that size. So I like him a lot defensively as well, long term. Um, it's like an interesting like combination of skills. Like, like I, I kind of got burned by like, I think he has, like, broad similarities in terms of, like, skills and upside to, like, this is a weird one, but uh, Leandro Bomaro uh, yeah. was like, another guy was, who could, like, really dribble, like, really pass and couldn't score. Um, so, like, I, I, like, I'm interested about, like, the development of these guys more than anything. I obviously, like, Jeng is the different player, and, like, he's way bigger than, than Bomaro. 
Um, and like, I still have some Bulmar, I believe, but <laughs> deep down inside, you're still, but believing. like, I don't know. I, I'm interested. I'm more than I think interested to see how it develops. And like, I think if like, again, like, I, like we've been talking about this for, for the last four years, um, that like Atlanta is generally a nice place to, to ease someone's like decision-making load because of Trey, but maybe not so much their scoring. Um, so I'm not sure if Jang will be the best there immediately, um like but if he's like the best player available i think you certainly take him and i think he could certainly work long term yeah that makes that all makes sense uh i'm gonna i'm gonna group some guys together that probably aren't always grouped together but they're kind of similar ish size wise and you know kind of like you know kind of maybe maybe more shooting guard size that i, I get asked about a lot um mm-hmm. these are in no particular order um but you have ochai baji you have malachi branham you have Jaden Hardy, and you have uh, on the high side, Johnny Davis, if he were to fall, which I don't think is probably going to happen, but he seems to be dipping down a little bit from where he was a few months ago. So those guys are all like between 6'4 and 6'6. They're not really small forward size. Maybe Brandon's a small forward size guy, but um, in particular, Baji and and Davis have some size concerns, and Jaden Hardy is a different player for sure. But um, anybody of those like strike you as interesting for the Hawks in particular, and do you like any of those guys in this range? God, I, I think Johnny would be awesome. I mean, like, be it, awesome. Seems, yeah. it seems unlikely, but like, he also Agreed. is like kind of like, again, like fills like fills like the important like guard defense and shot creation void that like the Hawks want all in one. Yep. Um, like I think he's been pretty undervalued recently. Honestly, like, he he has his limitations as a scorer. Like he can really get his own shot in you know in all parts of the floor. Should be a good enough shooter and like is one of the better like defenders in this class. Like a real like combo guard wing defender who can move his feet, is strong, is smart as well. Like he he would be kind of perfect, honestly. Yeah. Um. Even though like they probably almost certainly aren't getting him at sixteen. I think so too, and I, I mean, there's a reason why I'm bringing him up now because like there's this there's this group of guys that I think are gonna all be gone for the Hawks that I would like. And it's, it's Johnny Davis and Jeremy Sohan and Dyson Daniels that like those three guys, if one of them could fall, I'd be like, all right, that makes your life easier for me. You just yeah. take whoever falls. Uh, and again, maybe it's, maybe it's cause I cover the Hawks, but they've had success the last like five years in like having a guy just fall to them. Like Jalen just fell to them. John Collins just fell to them. So maybe they're spoiled, but I, I have my, I have my <laughs> antenna up for that. Like, okay, who's the, who's the guy that's just going to fall in their lap this time around. It may, it may not happen, but like, yeah. those are the three guys for me that it's like, they're not going to so be locked in this really range. Cool. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Uh, that'll, be, that'll, be, that'll be fun. And I love Dyson too. Like that's probably my guy in the whole class in terms of like, I really, really like Dyson Daniels. He's not going to, he's just, he's not going to fall that far. I don't think, but it just almost, I, like, I mean, he's getting like top five buzz now. Honestly, Yeah. That's, that's obviously a little bit aggressive, but like yeah. in particular, I think, I think I've shared my love on this show or at least my intrigue on this show about Daniels and Sohan. But like, I realized Johnny Davis is just like somebody I've never talked about. And like, it seems like it's at least conceivable now he might fall a little bit because he used to get mocked, as you well know, like in the like six, seven range. And now he's down in the like the late lottery range. And I don't know why other than like he had kind of a, kind of a weird, kind of a weird ending of the season, but like nothing really changed. I don't think. Yeah. I mean, he just wasn't hitting shots. It's yeah. like, that's how it, that's how it goes. That is, that is how it goes. And he's yeah, obviously no. not the biggest guy in the world too. Like if you think he's more of like, you know, I think he was, what's it at six, four. Yeah. He's like, six four and thick like he's not a small forward size guy so no, like oh yeah he like, me- actually he yeah. measured bigger than i thought he measured according to the combine stuff at like six five and a half in shoes which is not okay. too not, not too small it's like six four ish in socks probably. yep cool worth noting um yeah so beyond beyond johnny who I, I agree with you is not likely to be there there the other guys are more likely to be there so again like ochai baji 
Jaden Hardy in particular, those guys are probably going to be available. I know Jaden Hardy has a lot of fans and a lot of detractors. Like the the uh, I, don't, I don't know if you've seen this. The, the chasm on him is very large. People that like yes. him, like have him, like have him like in the top eight, and the people that yeah. don't are like, all right, he's thirty four for me. It's like okay, well, no, there certainly are. Like there there are, there are people like I've like seen people who are like still sticking to like the top like two guy from like you'll, you'll see it more rarely, but like 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 that he was built in high school, and I certainly fall on the other end of that spectrum. Um, where he's not a guy who I'm very into in the first round. Um, I think it's like an off guard, like second round pick. I, I don't mind him because, like the the shooting upside is is all right. Like he is an interesting off ball shooter. There is some secondary pick and roll ability, but like the scoring is is not, like the handle and like the and like the finishing ability and the general like awareness and decision making is is all pretty problematic to me. And like he's a guy who, who's like he's like not great at anything. Like, he's not a great athlete. He's not a great shooter. He's not a great passer. He's, like, okay enough at a lot of these skills, which, like, can make for, like, an interesting bench guard to me if you have, like, the size and the opportunity, but, like, generally not someone I'm a huge fan of. Um, has kind of always been, like, miscast as, like, a mega shot creator ever since he was in high school and just, like, just hitting bullshit all game, every game. Um I will say um, he wasn't even the best player on the high school team. That would be Frankie Collins. Uh, wow. Mi- mi- for, for Michigan, Michigan, great. Frankie Collins now transfer. But. He was so good in high school. I, I love um, but, but yeah, no, yeah Hardy's, Hardy's interesting. Hard. I feel like uh, I, I feel like he makes sense in Atlanta, honestly. I mean, like as well, a lot of off guards do. Yeah. Like, I was going to say, there's a reason why I bring these guys up together is because, you know, depending on what the Hawks want to do in this, in this draft, they have a stated desire to find another shot creator on the perimeter. And like he, in theory would be checking that box if they were to draft him. I, I am, I'm kind of, I'm probably higher than you, but I'm not in the like top 10 Jaden Hardy guy. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see that. I, and for me, he's, he's the kind of player that I'm never going to like as much as everybody else does. Cause he's just like a volume shooter scorer type that I'm just never going to be uh, hugely into, but I could say like he was better late in the year. The games I watched at the end of the season were way better than the beginning of the season. And maybe it's just cause he, he was playing the G league and that's, it's, it is harder to play in the G league than it, play, it is to play in college. That is worth noting. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I sort of think that like there's a way for him as like an off combo guard, but like generally not. Like I didn't definitely invest in other guys. Like I, I'd, I'd much rather invest in Ochire or Branham, for example. Yeah, I, I think Branham probably is going to be gone too. Like he's kind of in. He's usually mocked in that range with guys like yeah. Sohan and Daniels. Yeah, like he's my favorite of between like group. eight to thirteen. Um, where they usually end up going. Um. But I've talked about him a lot. What do you what do you make of Malcolm Branham as a prospect? Like you said, he's your favorite guy of these, uh, so obviously he'd be a pretty good value at sixteen in your mind. Yeah, I mean, I think this is about right for him. Like, I think he's like, I think you probably have, have him around this range on my board. Um, he's a really interesting shooting prospect, which is like the main thing with him. Um, like a guy who has like a great a great repertoire of shooting indicators from his ability to score from the long two range, his free throws, his three point volume is solid enough. His touch is fantastic from all over the floor, at least just anecdotally speaking. Um, like there is real shot creation upside for a guy who's like six five. Um, like he does it in a verse a versatile amount of ways um, from the mid range, and you know you hope he extends it out to three at the NBA level, which is certainly possible and something many players have done before, um, as I've kind of you know talked about lots. <laughs> um, the defense is really problematic for me, uh, which kind of holds him out of being like a real like you know, solid top 10 kind of guy, or maybe like top 12. Like he is very slow footed, like 
uh, the leaping is problematic um generally just like seems to it, it's like an interesting case for like it doesn't seem like he's like a guy who doesn't try but like is like just really struggles in terms of like awareness and picking his spots and his rotations which is totally normal for like college freshmen uh like this happens all the time but like to make up for like his lack of tools and like the the deficits there like it is i think it's a rough proposition to get him to like a, a good spot on defense he was um, he was quite bad in college to back that up for you like and this is a guy who wasn't supposed to be a top 20 pick this year. He kind of came right. out of nowhere and not out of nowhere, but certainly yeah, I mean, he was radar. like a low level five star, like high level four star. Yeah. yeah. But his defense really was truly bad for most of the season, which doesn't mean it has to be bad. He's pretty long and uh, he might figure it out. But uh, as a college defender, it was not, not good. Yeah. And I'm, I mean, that's like, it's certainly like not everything. No. Um, But I, I, I do think it matters. And like, it's like why um it's like why is this guy bad at defense rather than like just he is bad at defense um so that's important it's important to figure out why especially when, when evaluating a guy playing college versus where he's going to be in the in the pros and he's what i think he's 19 like he's pretty young so yeah exactly um, yeah long way to go there all right, that's it for part one of the Super Competition with myself and Ben Pfeiffer. As a reminder, part two should be in your feed right now. So go ahead and click on over to that, whether it be on the audio side or the video side on YouTube. Please subscribe to this podcast on any kind of platform that you prefer. That includes Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher, and more. Follow Ben's work. Follow my work if you'd like to at BT Roland on Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Hawks. And one more time, click on over to part two. It's available right now. We'll see you next time.